he has really blessed our lives and he has been a blessing. Um, for those who don't know me, I have been coming to ICC. So I come to, I go to ICC Mara and I've been coming for just a few months now, but already in those few months, um, it's just been, um, I've been really blessed uh, and honored to be led by, by Katie. So um, I thought perhaps we could take this opportunity just to share a little bit about um, our appreciation for um, the, the right Honorable Reverend. And you can feel free to do so either in the chat or um, you can unmute and share a little bit about him. Um, I can see that um, there's quite a number of us here but I'm sure many more will join. So we will do a really short regroup now, and hopefully at the end, we'll also do another short regroup just to um, show our appreciation. Cool. Um, laboratories will take a vote if people prefer to, well, no, not a vote. Um, we can take a split if people prefer to share a post um, with a little bit about, um, I don't know, one thing that uh, uh, a great memory, um, something that you appreciate about KT, um, one way that he has been a blessing to you, either personally or collectively, to you as an individual or a ministry. I think it's really important that we honor and appreciate the spiritual leaders that uh, God has placed in our lives. Kosababu, um, they really do impact our lives. And it's really important for us to take a moment and just appreciate them. And what better time as now um, during Bible study. Uh, for those who will be wondering and who have already been looking at the participants list, um, Katie has um, not joined us today. So this will be a really lovely surprise for us to send over. Perhaps I can start just because I've been that first one. get volunteers, <laughs> And hopefully this will give you guys a chance to just reflect on something that you would like to share. So I think for me, um, one of the ministries that is led by KT that has been of greatest impact in my life is um, the outpouring. Many of you guys will probably have come to the outpouring um, or will have heard um, us talk about it a number of times either in Bible study or if you've been invited here, then you've probably heard someone else talk about it. Um, for me, the outpouring that I first attended was um, the one before this most recent one. And it was such a powerful encounter. And like, I really, really, really encountered God in an amazing way. And um, a lot was spoken over my life. So it was with great eagerness that um, I awaited the, the next outpouring, which is the most recent one that we just had. And um, some of you will have heard it mentioned that in the time before that, there was a, a prayer retreat that a few of us went to, to Nakuru, not Naivasha, to Nakuru. And so um, for me, the, the, the story of how KT has been a blessing to me starts um, or rather one of the one of the ways revolves around the outpouring particularly wanted to talk about this most recent one we had a really awesome time in prayer 
Um, God spoke a, a lot of very significant things personally in my life. And I know that you will all attest to the fact that the outpouring, the most recent one, in fact, I'm sure all of them, but for me, certainly the most recent one was an amazing, um, I, I even struggled to call it an experience, but it was definitely life-changing, especially Kwasababu. There were so many things that were confirmed from the last time. So at the previous outpouring, um, there was um, specifically talk of freedom. And by the time we were at the next one, I really experienced freedom. And like just things like that. Um, for me, that ministry that is headed by KT has been such a blessing. And that is one of the key ways that um, KT has been uh, a real blessing in my life. Just to mention a few, the fact that we're talking about Bible study, of course, is another another way that um, I have really been blessed. Thank you so much, Lenkai. Lenkai uh, just shared a message saying it's true. Um, I'm sure it's the case for many, specifically with regards to outpouring. Um, let me welcome anyone else who had something to add. We'll just locate a few minutes more to this. Okay. Uh... I remember, I think it was 2015, uh, when I joined ICC Imara. Uh, my first ever service in iPhone Runners, like he said last Sunday, <laughs> I didn't know he was a pastor at that, uh, at that moment, because I could see him all around carrying speakers and all. I didn't know he was the pastor. Then, uh, as they want to give us uh, the sermon, while he was introduced, I was like, whoa, this, this is the pastor. <laughs> so what am I trying to say? Pasi, KT, Reverend, yes, he's such an, a humble person. He's down to earth, for real, by the way. Because um, he's at the pulpit, yes. He, he has such a high office church, but he mingles with us and outside places. Uh, we need help. And even personally, as a leader in iFrontrana, I can really attest to that, that he's really humble. Actually, uh, if you could really listen to him that is you're close to him the jokes he makes ah, sometimes you wonder is he really a pastor now he's he's now a reverend just to show how how welcoming he is and i'm grateful to him because i've gone places personally meaning in the places in the different churches i remember where uh, Akio invited to a certain church to preach, he could invite me to Nenda Naye. So I could see different cultures of different churches, all because of KT, because of our very own pastor. Nimekula, courtesy of KT, Nimekula, by the way, Nimefuka Kwake, I've gone to his place, he knows how to cook, hey, his food. <laughs> and also, we've gone places just eating, because even the Bible says, uh, when when Jesus knocks at the door, to that person who opens, 
he will enter and feast with him. So ni me feast. I truly enjoyed. Uh, I truly enjoyed time with Pastor Kevin in the end. Happy birthday to him. I really pray for him that he, that his life will continually be of blessing to many. And I can say that personally I'm blessed. Uh, I'm grateful to God to be <coughs> to have him even as my pastor. Yes, that's what I can say. Once more happy, happy birthday to him. Thank you Lenkai. Um I love that your story made Felika on a bit of a roller coaster and ended on such a, a beautiful note. Thank you so much um for sharing from your heart you all. Please feel free guys. Um would anyone else like to share? Kuna the new silence it our trigger no mimi ni mastunya um i would hate to move on really quickly without giving an opportunity for someone to um appreciate a reverend on his birthday so i'll just take another couple of minutes and ask if anyone else wanted to share anything um for those who have joined to kiendelea um we're just sharing small anecdotes of appreciation for um Rev Katy so you can feel free to share ways that his ministry has blessed you um anecdotes stories or just uh words of appreciation for him takamani just like a happy birthday um he's not on the call today so we thought this would be a really awesome way for us to show appreciation and send it over to him would anyone else like to speak up kuna moja hapa amesema in the chat box his jokes are our stress reliever eh ni pain killer yeah that's true i think also um kitunaza semani um just having that sense of human having that rounded personality is a really great example for us um yeah you know nyasha humanity even in the highest office um or even in um a different oh yes please <laughs> you can um, go on i'll just finish that thought and flow um i was going to say it shows that you know we we can be dedicated to service um in the church and bring all of us all of who we are if you have a sense of humor if you have a talent if you have a passion you can literally serve god with all that you are um so i think that's an awesome example cool so um yes 
please, please, please go ahead and sing. Um, Elvina, we'd love to, we'd love to hear from you. Okay, I'll say, Reverend Tindi has been a blessing to me. I might tell you a lot, but I just want to say God bless him. And let me sing. Atakamba Sochang is not clear. I'll try for him today. <laughs> okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Awesome, I love it. Awesome, awesome. Lily. Wow, imagine me kuapa niki jiongelesha. Oh, Isa, oh. yo, mute and mute <laughs> button. I will learn how to for sure. Um, I just wanted to say thank you, thank you for the song. Nisauti, <laughs> nisauti. What I said, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for the song. Um, for anyone who is just joining, we had just taken a few minutes ahead of um kicking off Bible study today to um appreciate and send notes of. Um, appreciation to um, KT, um, just because many of us, obviously, by virtue of being here, have been really blessed by him and his ministry. So um, that is what that was. I'll just do one final call before we get started. Would anyone else have anything that they'd like to share? Any um, just words of appreciation or any notes of happy birthday before we get started? Actually, I also do. <laughs> awesome. Please go ahead, Murai. Um, uh, Katie, okay, I haven't known you that long. I joined ICC in 2018. And for me, he's been like, okay, he's helped in directing us. By us, I mean me and my siblings to a better place and that's a place where God is and he's really helped me especially my brother you know men they relate better <laughs> but he's also been instrumental in my work with God and I love how humble he is and meek and how he's always ready to help and Yes, I am sure God will do exploits with him the hearts of men are not even ready for what God has been so forever and Tindy, so happy birthday to him. May he continue blessing and changing hearts and touching more. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. Um, that's awesome. I see um, Masha has also said happy birthday. Um, may God's grace be upon KT. Amen, amen. Um, Okay, final call. Would anyone else have anything that they'd like to say before we get started?
we will obviously um, have a little bit of time at the end if we can manage it just for um, everyone to send a message. But just if you guys have um, Katie's number, um, please feel free to message him happy birthday or in the um, Bible study group. As I said before, I think it's really important that we show um, support and appreciation for um, the leaders that God has blessed us with. And I'm sure we can all agree that we are blessed. So um, with that, we'll put that intro in a, to a close and we will just kick off um, the Bible study. Um, feels a little bit of an abrupt stop and start. So if you'll allow me, I'll just say a quick prayer to wind off that um, segment and to get started with our Bible study. Najel and Kaili to Kianza, but um, I think it will be important just, especially as we have shared, just to pray over the things that we have shared and to pray over KT before we get started. So let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with this community that has gathered here. Thank you, my God, for um, Rev KT and the blessing that he has been over our lives. We pray, Lord, that today on his birthday, that you will bless him, that you will add many more years to him. Um, and just for how he has given of himself to service to you and to blessing each and every one of us on this call and many more who are not here, we pray that you will add to his portion in abundance. As we get started with this Bible study, Holy Spirit, we welcome you among us. We pray, Lord, that you will... Um, make your word, like show us what you're saying in your word. Um, may we decrease that you may increase and may we learn and understand the truth that you're sharing with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Hey, it's a bit odd. Ukiomba, you don't know if people are saying amen. Thank you guys for saying amen. <laughs> um, so I... Um, have the pleasure of walking us through um, today's um, passages. I would like to welcome everyone to please feel free to share and be part of it. Um, we will start with Revelation chapter 16, and I will ask if one person could please read for us. I just want to preempt this by saying, as the person reads, I will run through the participants and change all our names to a dot so that we can feel free to openly ask questions and share contributions Bila could feel put on the spot because no one will know it's you. Um, it's just one small thing that um, I hope will encourage everyone to, to ask questions and to chime in and to share your thoughts as well. Um, with that, um, we're going to go straight to Revelation chapter 16. And I'll ask if there's anyone who would like to volunteer to read for us, please. Let me read. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, Revelation 16. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth and harmful and painful swords came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. Um, the second 
the second angel poured out his bowl into the sea and it became like the blood of a corpse and everything living and every living thing died and was in the sea that was in the sea sorry the third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water and it became blood and i had the angel in charge of the water say just are you o holy one who is and who was for you brought this judgment for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets and you have given them blood to drink it is what they deserve and i had the altar saying yes lord god the almighty true and just are your judgment the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun and it it was allowed to scorch people with fire there was they was caught by the PSCs and they cast repent and give him glory. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cast the God of heaven for their pain and sorrow. They did not repent from their sins, from their deeds. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and it and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs do, for they are demonic spirits performing signs, who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is, blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen, exposed. And they assemble them at the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, it is done. And there were flashes of lightning, rumbling, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake such as there has never been. Man was on earth, so great was that earthquake. The great city was split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell and God remembered Babylon the great to make her drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath. And every island fled away, and no mountains were to be found, and great hailstones, about 100 pounds, each fell from heaven on people, and they cast God for the plague of the hail because the plague was so severe. Awesome, thank you. Thank you for reading through that. video on video on. Thank you so much, Mariah, for that. Um, we're gonna just basically try to to work through um, some of the the things that stand out in um, these this this chapter before we move on to chapter seventeen. So. I'll just ask as the first port, what is it that stands out? Or is there anything that stands out to us 
even as we have read through the summary of um, the chapter. If there's anything that really stands out, please feel free to drop it in the chat. Once again, the names of most people are anonymized on the chat. So you can feel free to drop in your comments. Is there anything that stands out to you? I also welcome anyone else who uh, wants to speak out. You can unmute and share one thing um, out of this chapter that stands out to you. If you notice that there's any pattern um, or anything that stands out before we deep dive into it. Perhaps I can start with something um, just to open up the flow. Um, I will start with um, verse um, chapter 16, verse 1. Um, On mine it reads, then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels to go out and pour out the, earth, the seven bowls of the wrath of God. And um, it goes on to talk about how um, the Lord God is justified and true in his judgments. And I think um, for me, the thing that stands out is that um, the wrath of God is not separate from justice. Um, and um, God is basically like just the, the wrath that is being poured out is justified um, anger and judgment. And so um, it causes me to reflect on, um, I think, um, a sentiment that was shared some time back about the balance of, um, and also in a recent conversation that I had with someone, the balance of God's love um, and kindness and grace versus wrath and justification, and, and sorry, wrath and justice. And so, it also got me to think that actually God's wrath in this, as posed in, in this chapter, um, is demonstrated as just and it is not separate to God's love. In fact, um, this is who God is. Um, I can see that someone has dropped in a note. I love this. I don't know who this is. Um, so. <laughs> It says here, um, bowls being poured out, does it mean that the wrath of God is being stored up right now? Thank you so much. If um, that person is able to unmute, perhaps you can expand on that on that thought a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, Susie, I'm thinking of it like in carbon that's empty and, and I don't know, you have a check and at home, then you fill it up with water, you drink the water and you go back, fill it up again. So it's, is it like, say, the way even, I think in Ezekiel or Jeremiah, um, the way God was saying that, like the sin is too much, if I'm not wrong. And that he was just angry. I don't know. I don't know if I'm right. Yeah. Lily. Hi. Yes, you may put a question. Yes, please go ahead. Ukiangalia question yake, venyetu amesema kwa chat, nihivotu, balls being poured out, does it mean that there are of God uh, is being stored up right now. Kenya na manisha ni, 
um, uh, is this something that uh, the Lord, as in, is the wrath of God already prepared? So that that day when it comes, the wrath of God will be poured. So is it being prepared right now, his wrath? What I can say, if, 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 if the question has been understood well, what I can say is that um, you see, the book of Revelation, let, uh, we first of all have to understand uh, it, is, uh, it is John being revealed of what is to happen in the future. So John is being shown what will take place in the future. So his spirit imechukuliwa, yeah. <laughs> and therefore he's having a tour to be shown what will really happen in the future. So we all know God is, uh, God knows the past, the present, and the future. And that also God is a God of order. He plans things. Uh, so this is what I will say. Yes. Um, in the spirit, this is something that is already uh, there, existing. manifest. Like you see, before Jesus came, he was prophesied. Before Jesus came in the Old Testament, he was prophesied. So in the heavens, Jesus was there. He was there, but he was to manifest in the physical, that is in this world, he was to become flesh. So right now, God is truly angry. That is uh, spiritually because of the wickedness of this world. But a time will come when his wrath will be manifested physically. A time will come. Romano no the seven balls, seven plagues. So you have to remember this is John being shown of what will happen in the future. Yeah. And um Victor, have I really answered you? So at the moment, yes, it's being it's it's there, it's there actually. God is truly, truly not happy with the world. But uh like I said, is the it's a God of order. So he has given time for cert certain things to happen, like grace period, by the way. Grace period. We live in a in an era of grace right now. There's a, there, there will be a time grace will not be um, will not be there. So uh, the wrath of God will be unleashed. If I have answered him well, I can say that. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, thanks, Lentai. Um, there is a scripture that supports the same in the book of Romans. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, if maybe I can read from the book of Romans, chapter 2. Um, chapter 2, I can read maybe some verses there. Chapter 2, verse 2 says, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit uh, such things. Um, 
And do you think this woman who judges them, which do such things and do the same, that you shall escape the judgment of God? Or despise you the riches of, of God, of, of good, goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance, but after you, you, your hardness and intent heart treasured up unto yourself, wrath against the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who you render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well doing. Yes, uh, I just read that to just maybe to support what Lenkai is saying, um, you know, about being in this disposition of grace, like God himself is giving people a chance to, to repent. You know, like it says, those who are doing uh, evil things, there will come a time when God will just judge them. And just to reckon what Lillian was saying earlier about God being just. And uh, God is being just because we see that these plagues, uh, the both being poured upon those those people who worship, worship the, uh, the beast and the image of the beast. So I think uh, it's still supported by the scripture that God is still storing up his wrath and he will just judge those people who Thank you so much um, Dot for sharing. Um, I think that is, for me, something that really stands out in, in this chapter. As we have seen um, uh, further down, as the, um, the bowls um, are being poured out, that um, I can just, maybe I can read out um, from verse 8, just to demonstrate the point that has been shared by um, Lenkai and Marsh. The fourth angels, so this reading from chapter 16, verse 8. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch the people with fire. They were scorched by the fierce heat, and they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and give him glory. So we can see that, um, similar to what Marsh has just read, that the um, hearts of these people are hardened. Um, and instead of being compelled to um, repent of their sins, and it is established and seen already that these are people who have rebelled against God. And so the wrath of God is befalling them. And instead of them um, um, confessing and turning their hearts to God, the one who has power over the plagues. So the one who has power of, over whether the plagues happen or not, instead of turning their hearts to, to him, instead of turning towards him, um, instead of acknowledging his just um, nature, because the fact that this has befallen them is a result of God's justice. Instead of that, they... Um, it says here that they did not repent um, and give him glory. Instead, they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. So um, I think one of the things that is demonstrated here is that it's a heart issue um, as well. They have hardened hearts 
and they become worse and worse as um, they continue to encounter these plagues rather than better. And so um, it is also um, reminiscent, I think, of the condition of the earth today. You will see that um, people will justify the um, their, their turning away from God because of some of the hardships, some of the difficulties, some of the challenges that are seen on the earth. Um, instead of turning to God, who is the one who can answer these challenges, um, the world is turning to curse God more and more. Um, I can see that um, someone has shared here that um, when you get the mark of the beast, there is no redemption for you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, absolutely. So you can see that these people's hearts are completely hardened. Um, Lily. Yes. It's a question. Sure, go ahead. Uh, what you've just read, the comment, it's a question. Oh, this you. is a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, Santi. <laughs> um, were you chiming up to answer the question? Not really. Cotton at Julisha Niswali, though Pierre Wingino at Kujibu Ajibu. Great, thank you. Um, would anyone, so I'll, I'll just pose that as a question, Pole Nilikwangani Meisoma, as an absolute. Um, so the question is, when you get the mark of the beast, does it mean that there is no redemption for you? Uh, with a slight rephrase, just to complete the question. Um, is there anyone who would like to tackle this question? <laughs> Israel, I only know you're the dot because of your profile picture. I wonder if you could please expand on your answer. And I thank God, Kosabu. I was actually going to ask if you would like to take that question. Ah, yani in public. Sawatu, thanks. Um, <laughs> would anyone else like to tackle that question? Okay, um, Israel, allow me to please ask again, if you could please um, chime into that, simply because you have said yes and no, um, both as answers, both as absolutes, um, if not in a position to speak up, could I please ask you to just expound on your answers in the chat box, just so we understand the yes and the no aspect. Okay, whilst um, Israel is responding to that, Mariah, I really hope that you will allow us to just move on a couple of paces and then we'll come back to your question, if that's okay, just to give um, the opportunity for that to be answered in, in the chat. Great. So um, we will move on rather swiftly because I can see um, time is really moving on with us. I'm sorry, time is really moving on and we have lots that we need to cover. So um, just running from my notes here, um, one of the things that I, um, I think also comes clearly out in this section is just the fact that God hates sin. And so obviously this um, outpouring of wrath is in response to the sin that has gathered up in um, 
in the in the in the earth and particularly amongst these people who have been rebellious against God and you can see that from the Bible in other places one example is in Romans I believe 623 um, the word the verse that says that the wages of sin is death and we can see that in the um, it, this eventually builds up to um, to death for these people so um, if you'll allow me I will move on to um, verse 14. Oh, I beg your pardon. Um, we had just read verse um, 8 to 10. So we'll just expound a little bit more on verse 12 to 16. The sixth angel poured out his bowl um, on the great river Euphrates, and its waters was, was dried up to prepare the way for the kings of the east. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. For they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle and the great day of the Almighty. So we'll just um, pause there for a little bit and focus specifically around this um, image of three unclean spirits in the form of frogs that come out of the dragon, the beast and the, pro the false prophet. Does anyone, um, would anyone like to share um, in the chat, just to say? I'm so sorry, I can hear that someone is trying to speak, but um, it's, it's really not very clear. Um, if there's anyone, if you're trying to chime in, um, why don't you try um, sending a message because the, the line just wasn't very clear to whoever who was um, speaking a second ago. Um, I was just going to invite everyone to please, um, again, for anyone who is just joining us, we have changed our names in the chat just to allow for everyone to be able to openly ask questions. So please feel free to share your questions or comments on the different sections. I was just going to talk um, about um, the sign of the um, unclean spirits that have come out of the mouths of the beast, the dragon, and the false um, of the um, the false prophet. So um, we can see here from from the the three of these um, these three individuals that um, the the there is the Goodness, allow me to regroup. Okay, let me start over. Um, the unclean spirits that um, come out of the mouths of these um, three are stated outrightly that they're demonic spirits. It's really interesting that they are um, in the form of frogs. So um, I'd like to put out a question there. Um, did this stand out to anyone, the fact that they are in the form of frogs? And if so, what do you think that the frogs symbolize and what they mean? This including the fact that they have come out of the mouth. I, I really welcome any thoughts that anyone has on that. Um, I'll share some of the some of the thoughts that um, um, we had previously discussed. So one thing that is really interesting is that the fact that these unclean spirits are coming out 
of the mouths of um, these three beings. And um, it is um, proposed that this might be symbolic of, um, this, according to some commentary, that this might be symbolic of the perpetuation of lies and um, um, blasphemy and um, um, like false teachings. Um, and the fact that these beings go on to influence the leaders in different um, regions demonstrates that these lies are being used to influence leaders and eventually obviously influence um, the people. So it's at the very highest seat and it shows that there is obviously access as we have talked about before, access to the very highest seats. Very interesting things about um, frogs in, in terms of what, what frogs are in the natural and therefore what they might demonstrate in the spirit as is being portrayed here. Frogs are amphibians, as many of you guys will know, which means they are able to live um, underwater and on land. Um, they're able to exist in both these worlds very uniquely. Um, there's only a few others that are able to uniquely exist fully on land and underwater with the exception of a few. And so, this is symbolic of a little bit of a double life um, or the perpetuation of, of a double life, the existence in, in one world and the other world and the seamless sort of transition between these two worlds in the same way that frogs are. Um, just um, check my notes again. Yeah, and so um, I think that was the um, that was um, the main point. So one of the things that this demonstrates is the um, the perpetuation of falsehood and deception um, and that is is um, like is being represented here. I also think that it is um, very. Um, significant the fact that the, the evil spirits come out of the mouth of the three beings as we have seen but also frogs very uniquely um, have a very unique use of their tongue um, they, they feed through their tongue and if you guys know frogs are very like lizards and other amphibians where they have like a very malleable tongue that um, they, they can basically catch whatever they're feeding on from a long distance in, this, in a very similar way to um, how frogs do. I'm sorry, to how lizards do. And um, in um, a previous discussion, we were talking about whether this is symbolic of how, um, like, again, just adding another layer to this idea of um, deceptive spirits and deception and the use of the tongue. Um, the fact that these frogs have come out of these three beings' mouth and that the frogs themselves use um, their tongues basically like to, to feed on themselves. They don't, they don't hunt. They use their tongues to, to feed themselves. And um, this um, could be symbolic of the fact that they... they, they but it's really profound. The frogs use their tongues to... to basically su sustain themselves, to satiate themselves, to cause themselves to grow, to call themselves to build, and is 
like um, as an extension of that to build up their own power. And so by use of this deception and these lies, it actually continues to feed the kingdom of darkness, continues to add to their power and continues to add to um, their, their influence. Um, I'll just move on from that point very quickly onto the, the next point um, from verse 15. And this, um, for those who have um, red letter Bibles, this would be the, the, it's highlighted in red, showing that um, these are the words of Jesus. And he says, behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen, and be seen exposed. And they assembled them at the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. And so, as you can see here, there is the... Um, the clear indication of um, having to be clothed in, having to be ready as, as Christian. This is Christ saying that blessed is the person who stays awake, the person who keeps his garments on, that he may not go about naked. And we can see that um, Christ is basically calling us to readiness. Christ is calling us to being awake, which is really um, the, the first point that he makes right after we have heard about deception. And so this awakeness is more than just like, obviously, more than physical awakeness, but it's also for us to be alert. Um, yeah, to, 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 to be alert to be aware of the, the wiles of the enemy, as the Bible says, and to be, remain clothed and ready. Um, this part of um, being clothed, um, we will see a little bit later that um, there is a lot of symbolism around the garments that we have to, to adorn in contrast to the garments that the um, lady in, verse, in chapter 17 um, is adorning. Um, so I can see that we have barely enough time um, with just about four, over 40 minutes, with just over 40 minutes to go. Um, I'm going to just um, basically call for um, any thoughts, any um, insights that anyone might have had before we move on to chapter 17, just because it's quite a meaty chunk. Um, whilst we wait for everyone to post in the chat, or chime up if you had any additions. I'll just add something um, really interesting about um, no, I'm sorry. I, I think that will cause us to do a deep dive into another section. So um, allow me to just call for chapter 16 if there's anyone else who had any additions. Whilst we're waiting for everyone to type in, I will just share the response to um, the questions that was shared earlier. So just to recap, the question was, um, when you get the mark of the beast, does it mean that there's no redemption for you? Um, and the answer that has been shared um, by Israel in the chat, thank you, is um, regarding redemption from the mark of the beast, the dispensation of the mark is present with us here today and has been with us since original sin. So we can definitely have it, but it is able to be taken away because of the sacrifice that has been given to take place, to take the place of death for us who have taken the mark. 
but a time is coming when the cost of the mark will no longer be covered by a sacrifice of Jesus because it will be past the allocated time of grace, i.e. the end of the world. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I think, I, think um, I would like to just um, add a very slight expansion to that. The, often we think of the mark of the beast as kitu physical like on your forehead so that when I encounter you like this, I can see so-and-so kona mark of the beast because it's on your forehead. But um, I'm hoping that in our covering of the book of Revelation, we have come to a realization that these are matters spiritual and um, the mark of a beast is a bowing to um, surrender to the ways of the world and the ways of the devil, as opposed to surrendering to um, Christ and um, yeah, and, and aligning um, aligning away from, from the ways of Christ. Because I think sometimes we've asked this question about the gray area and obviously we have um, found out that there is no gray area. And so you can see in different areas of life, in media, in, in fashion, in popular culture, in different areas of life, there is this um, overtake of the thinking or, and an alignment with that. And so you see it is the mark of the beast that is placed on, on your head, again, I'll invite you, Israel, to please uh, keep me honest here and, and share in the, in the chat if there's any point of correction. But um, with the mark of the beast being placed on your head is representative um, of the, the systems that by which you make your decisions, by which you align in terms of your thinking and in terms of your, um, like your head, so your head as the point of basically the point of decision the the head in terms of what leads you what moves you what is really the authority over you and on your hand what do you put your hand to and if those things are aligned um, with the enemy then you already have the mark so um before we move on to chapter 17 i'll just like basically call us to, to a point of reflection um, these things are not possible by our own power, but it's really important that we reflect. And I think a couple of times we've spoken about the fate of those who are outside of the Christian faith. But um, I think there is also a reflection for us to make in terms of our position. Thank you. Um, so just on that point, the head represents, um, according to, to the, the, the note on there, thank you very much for sharing that, Israel. The head represents the system that you bow down to, and the right hand represents the action that you act out from what you have accepted in your lives. Um, and with that, of course, it demonstrates that the mark of the beast is present um, in this day and age. Thank you. Um, we're going to just move on to chapter 17 of Revelation. As we do, um, I'll also invite anyone else who had any thoughts to add to share them in the chat. And whilst those are coming in, could we please have a volunteer to read for us um, Revelation yes. chapter 17? Hi. Yes, before 10 years, 17. Sorry, sorry. It won't take long. I'm saying No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, you Please see, go ahead. Uh, used to read, uh, the mark of the beast. You see, uh, 
that day yenye Israel anongelea that day that uh, it will be past uh, the time of grace that uh, the last hours of the last days um ikifika uh, the mark of the beast will be a physical thing and i really want to stress out on this it will be a physical thing you see uh, when before the israelites uh, had the chance to escape not even escape had the chance to get out from egypt because it was god saving them get out from egypt to a promised land uh, through the plagues that uh, they were going uh, as they were going through the plagues the reason why they were not um, affected by it it's because if you quite remember the story well they were dope, their doposts were being marked uh, by blood it was something physical at least kama mtu anajua hii story kwa wapi anaweza tufungua anze kusoma doposts zao zilikuwa marked by blood it was something physical so uh, that uh, spirit of death could see the mark on the doorpost and uh, the plague will not affect those living inside the house and he could go to another house akipata the, the place is not marked the people inside will be affected so at that day that uh, day that will be an it will be out of grace outside grace not out of grace outside grace it happens when your bible imesema uh, the mark of the beast will be placed on your right hand on your or on your forehead personally to be honest i don't know how that will happen but in a way i suspect it will come with technology kitambo ilikuwa damu because um how should i put it that was the way to go kitambo but you see uh, even god himself knows the world uh, that uh, knows that the world is uh, becoming more technologies guy is that really an award <laughs> the world is the world is becoming has more technology as this goes by so this uh, mark of the beast personally i don't know how this thing will happen but i suspect itakuja through technology and you'll find that mark physically that time physically on your hand or on your forehead that's what personally strongly i believe so if you have the mark uh just like um Moray asked if there will be no redemption for you. Me will say yes. There will be no redemption for you after you've received the mark. Why will be mbona Bible nasema even the elect will be deceived in those days. Okay. Oi. There's a place in the Bible. I think it's Matthew Ruben you can help me. Inasema even possible even the elect might be uh netwaji might be deceived because this mark of the beast in a way personally if you're not spiritually alert you won't really realize it's 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 ni mark at the beast it akuje in a way you'll even find it as a, as 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 something uh very very much welcoming as in you will welcome it you'll welcome it with warm hands because you see it as a solution to the world that's what i suspect and 
you you know very well as Christians, the Holy Spirit lives in us and he directs us to the truth. So I've been having it in my heart that um, this mark of the beast, as Christians, we won't be there because we'll be raptured. But to those who will be there, because saints will still be there. Saints will still be there. And um, and uh, they will go through a lot. They will be killed. They will be persecuted. They will be there. But uh, they will try as much to avoid uh, the mark of the beast. I will say it will be a physical thing at then. Yes, yes. I was saying something great. Yes. I think I'm done. Thank you so much for um, for adding that. Um, I think the the only thing that I would add in terms of what the mark of the beast can and cannot be. And I am trying to be very careful with my wording because, to be honest, I am learning alongside everyone on here. Um, because the book of Revelation was written to, it was an addressed letter to share um, the vision that Paul had. The, the, the wording and the import was intended to make sense to those churches. The wording and the input was intended to, um, to inform um, and to, you miss out your word, but to feed, you miss out your word, to feed um, the people. And so uh, my understanding is that it could not mean to them something different to what it could mean to, to us. So now that we are advanced in years and technology, there are things that maybe we have an understanding of, but Paul was communicating to these people. Um, yeah, so that, that that would be my input. As I say, I am in this uh, learning walk, and so um, I'd really love for anyone else who has a better grasp on this to please share. Um, I can say that um, I, I would disagree with Lenkai. There is there is no way in the Bible that it says it has. The mark of the beast has anything to do with technology um, and to assume that that's the case when it comes to the outpouring of the mark like the physical mark would be to completely miss out on the message of the bible um we see we have already discussed what, what the mark is we have we have discussed and we have come to the conclusion that it is a mindset and it is action none of these things, there's no mindset, there's no action that is heavily influenced by technology. Technology is just a tool at the end of the day and we, and we need to understand that. We see today the types of mindsets that people have. It has nothing to do with technology. We see the loudest voices when it comes to activism, you know, the LGBTQ community, we see Black Lives Matter, we see, you know, um, Trans Lives Matter, we see, um, we see like, you know, the Me Too movements, we see the, like all these movements that are present today, they have nothing to do with technology, but they have everything to do with people's mindsets and people's um, 
people's what's it called um people's perception of things technology only comes in because it is a tool it is a tool and it is a tool that is being misused the same way the bible was being misused in the previous like in the colonial days you know it it doesn't mean that the bible was bad it just means that it was a tool that was misused the same for us today it doesn't mean that technology is going to be the physical mark of the beast it's just a tool that is being misused and if you go on thinking that technology is going to be the the final mark of the beast then we miss out on the privilege that technology has given us you know we are using technology right now we're we're able to communicate and it's only going to get better and better to the point where we might even be in situations where we can physically see each other even better than we can today without having to look at the screen and these will be used for the for the furthering of the kingdom so to go and say that technology will have something to do or will be the physical mark of the beast is to is to make the mistake that peter made when he was asked to eat and he had the vision and god said do not call what do like um peter said that the, he said that he cannot eat what god has given him because it is unclean and god went on to say that do not call unclean what i have called clean so let us not call technology the enemy when god has not called it the enemy it is clearly a powerful tool and we need to be more aware of the fact that if we think technology is the final tool then we're missing out and we're falling into the trap that people in the past have fallen into just a few decades ago people were saying that uh, the phone is the mark of the beast because you carry it with your right hand and you answer it on your forehead or on your on your head then it went to people saying that oh the debit cards are the mark of the beast because you know all your livelihood is there and now people are saying the vaccine is the mark of the beast because um like you needed to to be able to participate in life we're completely missing out on the mark like we're really really missing out on what the bible is actually saying so we need to always remember it cannot mean to us what it did not mean to them and if they did not have the technology that we had today then technology will have nothing to do with the mark of the beast being actualized it was a mindset and it is a mindset that does not change so we just need to be very very careful about that thank you so much for sharing that and um yes thank you israel um i've posted in the chat the story of peter that israel has made reference to that's in acts 10:9 um we will just um to try to over to discuss revelation chapter 17 um which is the the last chapter that we'll be discussing today i will just ask if anyone um any one of us is able to to read and as we're waiting on a volunteer I'll also um with apologies ask if you are able to please do stay on past the 8:30 mark as we round off the discussion of revelation chapter 17 at um 2008 i anticipate that we will run slightly over but we'll try to run through it um as swiftly and succinctly as well as in depth as possible could i please have a volunteer to read revelation chapter 17 okay let me read again thank you <laughs> Chapter 
Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality committed sexual immorality and with the wine of those sexu sexual immor immorality the dwellers of the earth have become drunk and have he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and i saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names and it had seven heads and ten horns the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality and on her forehead was written the name of mystery Babylon, Babylon the great mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations and I saw the woman drunk the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I marveled greatly. But the angel said to me, why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. They are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen and one is, and one is the other one is the other has not yet come and when he does come he must remain only a little while as for the beast that was and is not and is is in an eighth but it belongs to the seven and it goes to destruction and the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received real power but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. These are of one mind and hand over their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb and the lamb will conquer them for the, he is the Lord of lords and kings of kings. And this with him are called and chosen and faithful. And the angel say to me, the waters that you saw where the prostitute, where the prostitute is seated, are peoples, are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And the 10 horns that you saw, they, and the 10 horns that you saw, they and the beast will hit the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out this purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast until the word, until the words of God are fulfilled and the woman that you saw in the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth.
Awesome. Thank you so much for, for reading through that. So um, we'll start to run through this. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there's such a lot to cover. We'll cover as much as we can and see if we can uh, run through. Um, <clears throat> so um, I'll invite once again everyone to just share your thoughts. If you had anything that stood out to you from this section of passage from Chapter 17, please feel free to share it in the chat. Um, as I said before, we're all learning together, so it's really great to get everyone's perspective. Is there anyone who would like to speak up and share their thoughts on something that stood out in this section? Please go ahead. Uh, if you've noticed uh, chapter 17, and it was only one woman being spoken of, but actually there are two women there. Aya, let me show you, let me show you. Mm. Then the angels, one of the seven angels who had the seven balls came and said to me, come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters who sits on many waters, Unimoja. With her, the kings of the earth committed adultery and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adultery, adulteries. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. One, sitting on many waters. Two, sitting on a scarlet beast. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert. There I saw the woman sitting on the waters, now sitting on a scarlet beast. I just saw you. It's another scene. I'm a talker from a scene where uh, John saw uh, a woman uh, sitting on many waters. And this many waters, multitudes and, uh, and nations. Then there's this other woman, when you car on a scarlet beast, a red beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and 10 horns. That is something I noticed on chapter 17. One woman, it speaks of two women. Yeah, and uh, I'm, on, I'm on my way to discover more <laughs> about the women. Yeah, I can say that. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, if there's anyone else who had anything that they'd like to highlight from this section, please feel free to post it in the chat. Just a reminder for those who have joined us um, towards the latter end of this call, um, we have changed everyone's names to a dot just to encourage everyone to share. If you have any questions, if you have any um, thoughts that you would like to share. We'd really welcome your thoughts. Um, we're all learning together. So, and, and like you're worried that you will stand out because of your name and hopefully that will encourage everyone to share. So um, <clears throat> I will start with um, Revelation chapter 17, verse one, which speaks of the prostitute. This whole section um, in those Bibles come out. If your Bible has titles, you'll see that it is titled The Great Prostitute and the Beast. And so we start with the great prostitutes and 
John is told to come and he will be shown the judgment of this great prostitute. Now, if you look throughout the Bible, um, and certainly in this section, the prostitute um, represents um, a false religion, um, a false uh, religion. So, um, and, and this includes unfaithful and rebellious forms of Christianity. Um, I will just start by saying that um, Babylon had it noted somewhere. So the, the, the word Babylon is um, a word that is derived from the word Babel. Okay, so Babylon is a Greek form of the Hebrew Babel, the word Hebrew word Babel. And that word comes from the word Balal, which means to confuse. Um, and, and to confuse and obviously as a derivative of that to deceive, etc. And so um, you can get um, reference to that in Genesis chapter 11, verse 9. And so we see that um, also in other parts of the Bible that um, da -da -da, um, Images of prostitution and adultery are often used as figures of speech referring to unfaithfulness to God through idolatry um, and a turning away from God through um, idolatry and the worship of other things, including <clears throat> an alignment to the deceptions of Babel. So you can see that um, in this case, with the, um, the prostitute, it says that um, it says in, in um, now in this commentary that I'm reading from, the prostitute represents a religious uh, Babylon, and it encompasses all false religions, including unfaithful and rebellious forms of Christianity. Now, when we consider it in this way, I think um, it is really interesting because it draws us to one thing that we have discussed previously, which is um, the faithful, in, in quotes, um, or those who pretend to be faithful, those who pretend to serve God, but are actually worshiping and serving other gods. Um, and you can see in the consequent verses that there is a sharp contrast between this great prostitute and um, who we see, if any one of you guys have read ahead um, in chapter uh, Revelation chapter 19, um, particularly referencing verse seven to, to eight, Apple, <clears throat> you will see the bride of Christ. And obviously going back to Revelation chapter 16, Mali Tumonge about um, the, the people being adorned, Christ calling us to be adorned and be um, dressed and ready. So um, as we continue on to see what the um, to see what the um, the prostitute is wearing, it is in sharp contrast to what we see later on as the bride of Christ is wearing. Um, <clears throat> um, I will just uh, move on to. Um, Again, this point about what this woman is wearing. So um, verse 4 says that the woman is arrayed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, jewels, and pearls, holding in her hand a cup full of abomination and the purities and the impurities of her sexual immorality. And um, if we 
now break this down. There is the, the point about what, um, like this glitter, this external, um, external wrap of perceived um, glory in terms of the gold and the glitter and the purple and scarlet that this 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 um, this uh, prostitute is adorned with and the gold and the jewels and the pearls. Um, these are all representatives as uh, we have discussed in, in previous sessions. Um, the devil does not create anything. He, um, he is blasphemy. So he contorts, deceives, changes, um, and um, basically like ruins what, what God has has created and, and uses that for his own um, purposes. So you can see here that um, in, in the, what the prostitute is adorned with, there is gold, there is jewels, there is pearls, but there's also purple and scarlet, this um, image of um, almost like perceived royalty, but obviously in falsehood. Um, I'm not sure if this section stood out to anyone. It certainly stood out to me. Is there anyone in the group here who would like to speak to maybe what this section has stood out to you? Because I think before we go on to discuss the position of the prostitute versus the beast, it's important that we understand what the prostitute represents. Would anyone like to add to that? Okay, um, great. So um, one thing that I will um, also add is just this idea of the golden cup. So um, as we have seen, oh, again, sorry, if I have jumped in and someone wanted to add something, please feel free to add um, your thoughts and comments in the chat box. Um, if you have joined us towards the latter part of this call, we have changed everyone's name to a dot uh, just to, make everyone free and easy to share with us your thoughts. So please feel free to share in the, in the chat box. So I'll speak to the, the golden cup um, that is, as we have heard, full of abomination. Um, the interesting thing about this is that we are presented with this sort of outwardly glittering um, persona. And if you think of the golden cup, it also has this sort of outwardly glittering um, um, view, but what it houses, what it has inside, what it contains is, um, um, it says here, abomination and the impurities of the prostitute's sexual immor immorality. We've just said that, um, referencing back to other contexts, um, other segments in the Bible, the um, image of a prostitute and sexual immorality often depicts um, God's people's turning away from God um, into idolatry. And so we can see here that the false church or, um, yeah, the, the, the false church or false religions, as we have said, the prostitute uh, represents, is drunk and drinking on um, this out, this vessel that is outwardly glittering, but is actually at the very center, a representation of 
um, idolatry and turning away from God from the very heart of the people. And so um, one um, from, from the commentary that I was reading for, it posits that this could reveal the this um, idea of the beautiful outside and the abomination on the inside reveals the spiritual condition of unfaithful, rebellious and an ungodly church. And um, as mentioned before, this also represents the condition of those who are in the church, obviously, like almost like doing the deeds or um, uh, falsely taking part, but not fully submitted to Christ. So um, actually, the, the prostitute, as we have said, demonstrates um, or represents um, a church that is either false in terms of false religion or a church that posits itself as following Christ but is actually inwardly submitted to the worship of idols in one way or another. This obviously also very closely links to what we were saying earlier about um, the mark of the beast and, and, and its meaning. Um, so it says here that rather than offering spiritual salvation through faith in Christ, the church holds the golden cup the church that holds the golden cup proposes to offer people both God and worldly satisfaction. Um, this perverted brand of Christianity assures its members that they can enjoy immoral lifestyle and still be accepted by God. Um, I also want to just link this back to a couple of um, points that we've shared in, previously during this book as we explored the book of Revelation, where um, the, there was a question of, um, considering those who are outside of the church and whilst obviously it is our role to, to preach to and to reach out to those who are outside of the church, I really want to take this moment to kind of um, focus the lens back inwardly because as we can see here, it is very possible and we've seen in many other points, it's very possible for individuals to be in the church or whole churches um, to be in existence that actually are not um, submitted to Christ. And so they are a false church and they are the image of this woman who is drunk on abomination and um, sexual immorality. If we can move on to um, verse five, it says that on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. And um, this item of mystery also speaks to the nature, sort of the, the label and the nature of this woman. It demonstrates that the ungodly church, although having existed, there was this sort of name that was, that like possesses a mi mystery about it. Um, at this point, there is a revelation that actually this woman is a church, but just a false church. And the, there is almost like an uncovering of the identity of this person, almost like as though the ungodly church, although it had long existed, the true nature of the character hadn't been fully revealed up until this point. And it's in this vision that God, that, that sorry, that John is allowed to see what what, what she's really what she's really like. And so. Um, the, the fact that, um, as I said earlier, like it, it 
the, the name, the mystery is Babylon the Great, the mother of all prostitutes. And we have seen that the word Babylon um, is contrived out of Babel and Balal, which means to confused. And so Babylon, it's in the sense that it relates to um, Old Testament ba uh, uh, Babel. Easy words and I'm confused. So there's, let me, let me restate that again. The word Babylon is Greek, but it comes out of the word Babel, which um, is derived from Hebrew Balal, which means to deceive. So we can see that these images come together to form a fuller picture of a church that is deceiving and that is false and that is actually truly submitted to its um, worship of idols, its acceptance of um, immoral lifestyle and immorality. Um, yeah, I hope that is clear. <laughs> oh, goodness, I've just realized this whole time my camera's been off and I was trying to emulate Katie's ways of having the camera on. Here I am. So um, thank you so much, uh, Mariah, aka Dot, um, with your comment um, saying that what stood out for you is how sexual immorality and abominations are very welcome in these times that we're in, absolutely. And it all connects, as you can see, there was there is deception from the very beginning. There is this aspect of hardened hearts and deceiving tongues that is continuing to be demonstrated throughout. Um, so we have... Um, so far, I'll just uh, summarize what we have covered. We have been able to talk through Revelation chapter 16 um, the main points of symbolism that have been seen there. But the main thing that we have seen um, really um, uh, by my assertion in Revelation chapter 16, two main points is just that God's justice is, God's wrath is just and God, God is just. Um, and justified in his um, uh, judgment and his outpouring of, of wrath. And um, this speaks to, to us in every aspect of our lives. And it is true and reasserted. There's also the fact that um, we can see that there were hardened hearts from those people who have turned away from God. And even as situations got more difficult and with reference to the um, word that we read in Romans, I believe, is it chapter six or chapter two that Mash read for us, um, also asserting the same. And then we went on to see that we are called to be, um, oh, sorry, we went on to see um, about the evil spirits, what they represent, the nature of amphibians and frogs. And we also um, went on to see that we are called to be ready. Um, skipping on to chapter 17, we have asserted who the prostitute is, the symbolism around the different aspects of the prostitute and um, how she is arrayed, although I hope that we'll be able to go into that. And also, more significantly, the golden cup and the mystery of her name, the identity of this false church that goes forth sharing um, falsehood and abomination against God. Um, I am summarizing because I see that we are at time and I would like to respect um, everyone's time. If you will allow us, we will ask you guys to um, please just um, read through the, the rest of Revelation chapter 17. We will not leave it there. There is a lot that we need to cover, particularly on the identity of the beast, the, sorry, the, um, 
the, the relationship of the prostitute to the rivers that, um, as was stated, was um, she sits upon. We have the mention of the beasts, the horns, um, etc., which is obviously really very important before we move on to chapter 18 and the fall of Babylon. So I will just read the closing, um, the, the comments that we've had come through, and then we will run through the rest of chapter 17 and 18 and, and, on, and on to chapter 18 in the next session. Um, as I read through these, this, these comments, once again, I really just want to welcome everyone to like chuck in your comments in there if you have anything that you wanted to add. Um, it's really great that we um, interact throughout these sessions. So um, I read the comment that says um, what stood out is how sexual immorality and abomination are very welcome in the times that we are in. Absolutely, I totally um, echo that as well. Um, and someone agrees with that as well and says um, even Christians are afraid to um, are afraid of cancel culture. So no one speaks against all these things. Um, and again, yes, an affirmation of that point, like um, the other side isn't afraid to talk against Christians or even God, but we don't. In fact, we embrace them instead. Yes. Um, so uh, Mariah, I don't know if you would want to expound on, on the points that you have shared there. I think you said a lot and particularly about how sexual immorality and abominations are really welcome, especially considering how we have seen that the false church drinks out of this. And we will go on to see how uh, the relationship between the prostitute, um, Babylon and the beast. But I'd love to welcome you to, to share a little bit more if you'd like to. or anyone else who might have something to add. Okay, of late, of late um, been digging deep into uh, Christianity and I've had help from a couple of channels I've directed to, and it's funny how um, these days it's things like adultery, things like fornication, I mean, these things are praised. Like people out here bragging about how many bodies they have, and it's sad because you think, okay, someone will come tell you how they have like a count of, I don't know, 10 that the beasts are bad and you think we all know sleeping around you create salt fire so i'm here thinking 10 people have pieces of you and you have pieces of 10 people and you're bragging that's not something you should be bragging about to begin with some of the programs that you watch or that are aired on tv um outright are <laughs> what do I say? Like they outright call God names and and talk about how Christianity um Christianity is I don't know wrong or shouldn't be there. Like everything else is okay except Christianity and 
people are for it, unfortunately. Even Christians, like Christians will come out and talk about how this isn't right, we shouldn't be doing this. And um, you'd see other Christians coming and attacking the same Christians and be like, I mean, you're being too harsh, relax. Uh, God is a God of love and whatnot, you should forgive. I think there's a line. That's all I was just saying. Okay, thank you so much for that. Um, I was fiercely trying to unmute. My computer was just not cooperating. Um, thanks, you, thanks, uh, Mariah, for sharing that. I think that is so, um, like, an important awareness for us to have. Um, there is definitely um, the presentation in the world of sexual immorality and just immorality generally as a glittering, shiny, good and brilliant thing, something, as you have said, something to brag about, something to um, pray, something that is uh, perceived as praiseworthy. But if there's anything that we have learned from chapter 17 and chapter 16, um, sorry, chapter 16 and the portion of chapter 17 that we have done, it is that there is a great deception behind all these assertions. Um, and the the demonstration of this evil or rather the sorry this deception has also permeated our churches um, we see here or quote-unquote churches we see here that the woman in um Revelation chapter 17 that we have said is uh, an image of falsehood and false religion is adorned in glittering things and things that distract you almost to hide the true nature of how evil and horrible and disgusting um, the actual nature, the actual nature is. And oftentimes you will see that these things are presented as good things. They are presented as shiny, like positive things, but clearly they are not. You can see that the contrast of that. And when we get to that point, we will read that the church is adorned in um, pure white, demonstrating purity um, and really with nothing, nothing to hide. This presentation of evil with glittering, with glitz, with... Um, with so much adorned and so much falsehood, so many things that are replicating royalty, but are not actual royalty. Things like the, the, the purple, the gold, the jewels, the pearls, um, just as a deception, absolutely. Um, someone else has said here that um, if you observe most Netflix, Netflix movies these days, they want, you, they want to make sexual immorality and LGBTQ matters um, so normalized, it's encouraging and misleading a lot of people. Um, I heard in the news um, recently that there is this proposal for people not to have genders on the birth certificates when children are born, because they would like to leave the option open for people when they are older to choose and decide um, what gender they would like to align to. Um, it is one of the, the many things that um, 
are positioned as 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 quote unquote options um, in line with that comment. Um, I we haven't uh, read this, but I just wanted to um, conclude by demonstrating the depth of deception that is here in in this section of passage. Even as we wrap up on um, today's Bible study and this idea of who this woman is. I wanted to dwell here a little bit longer because it's so important that we build out an awareness of this woman's identity, this woman's characteristics, what this woman is like, because this woman is posing as the church. And it's really important that we are aware. Um, so um, we, unless if you've read ahead, um, you would not have read this part, but I just really wanted to um, demonstrate some contrast and some falsehoods that are presented in here. In uh, Revelation chapter 19, um, you see the image of Christ, uh, the bride of Christ, which is the true church. And here, this uh, false woman, this prostitute, um, poses like some direct contrast. So for example, um, Satan, as I said, is clothed, um, this, this prostitute's clothed in glittering excesses, concealing the true level of her filthiness. Uh, but God clothes his church in brilliant cleanliness to, re to reveal purity. There is eternal death as payment for the prostitute, but eternal life in glory is the reward of the bride. Um, and um, concerning the false religious system, oh no, sorry, that is that is moving on to another point. And also um, in the previous one, we, in the previous chapter, we see how the um, people who reject God are scorched by br brilliant um, sun that is turned to be like fire and fierce heat. Whereas in um, another part of the book of Revelation, it also talks about how for the people of God, um, the true saints, the true church of God, there, there will be um, no more weeping, no more tears for them, and the sun will not scorch them. And you can see that there is almost like direct contrast in the experience of these, these, um, these two, like the false, the, the people who rejected God in the false church versus the true people of God. Um, cool. So there's a question that has been asked. I was just going to wrap up. Um, that says, how can we show love whilst being genuine? Um, I'll ask for clarification um, from Dot. Are you asking how we can show love to people who are not Christians whilst being genuine? Or um, if you could just expound on your question slightly just to um, help our understanding as we seek to, to answer. Okay, um, whilst I wait for clarification on that question, allow me to answer it as I have understood it. Um, the way I understand the question is, how can we show love to non-faithful people whilst being genuine? Like, how can we show genuine love? Um, goodness, I was gonna, I was gonna answer that question, but I don't know that anything we have posited is contrary to showing genuine love. So, 
Um, wow, I, I, okay. Okay, um, as a church, okay, thank you for the clarification. So the question is, um, how can the church demonstrate their love um, and be loving towards churches such as the church that is demonstrated here in the form of the prostitute, um, whilst still correcting the evil that is um, happening or that is demonstrated. Um, that is a paraphrase, but I will read in exact. It says, um, how can we show love whilst being genuine? Like how can the church um, be loving and still correct the bad past that make part of the church, the prostitute? Okay, so... Um, I think, uh, again, uh, the, the I think pre prefaces my, um, my opinion, and I will then um, dive into the word to um, pull out from the word. But um, I just want to clarify that correction is not a demonstration of a lack of love. I think sometimes, and it's interesting because I was having this conversation today with someone, um, oftentimes we have associated correction with this person doesn't like me, or this person, like correction comes across as, as harsh, as uncaring, as unloving. But actually you, you can demonstrate correction, you can demonstrate love in correction. So just one of the points that I want to make in terms of how can we be loving and still correct the bad parts for, for me, those two are not mutually exclusive. Those two actually run parallel. Um, and so, as I said, um, that is my assertion, but I'm, I, I would love to, to pull on scripture. And I know that um, a lot of us will have um, scriptures that um, align, not least of which, um, say Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 2, Hebrews, I'm just trying to pull it up, Hebrews 12, 12 verse 6, uh, says um, God corrects those who he loves. Um, there, is, there is love in the correction, um, and one does not oppose the other. Um, I'm just going to See if I can pull up some more, but I welcome anyone else who would like to add to this. I um, didn't intend to monopolize this Q&A. Is there anyone else who would like to chime in and um, speak on this question as we aim to round off? Is someone unmuted? I thought I heard someone is unmuted. Would someone like to chime in, please? Yes, just as you say, you've basically answered the question. Uh, you cannot really separate uh, being genuine from love. I'm a correction from love. Your correction in here is out of love. So, yeah, we, uh, actually, don't see it as loving and being genuine, that is loving and correcting them. See, see it as correcting them because you love them. It's not any, the correction is in the love. 
yeah, uh, because um, you've brought the Ntwaji, the Ntwaji. You've brought feelings, as in you've, by, by being genuine, you've brought feelings this way. You love the person, but you feel, if you correct them, you probably lose them. So it's a feeling, but minus the feeling, you will correct them. The correction is in the love. Yeah, basically Lillian has just answered it. Thank you so much, um, Blenkai. Um, one of the references that has been shared in the chat is 2 Timothy 4.2. And um, da, 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 I will just read it um, from, from verse one. So it says, um, in the presence of God, Christ Jesus, uh, of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Um, thank you so much for that reference. Um, really well balanced there. It um, gives direct instruction in terms of what we ought to do. Someone else has, uh, oh, no, that was a previous, a previous comment. Um, I had also pulled up. I had also, I was going to make reference to the book of Jude where it says that we should contend for, um, contend honestly for the, for the faith. And um, I know that the, the verse is expounded um, beyond um, this particular reference, but part of what we ought to do is um, share, share the word of God that, okay, let me say it this way. Oftentimes, um, part of the reason why it seems as though um, it's, it's posited as though this um, sharing correction is not out of love is because the reaction of people. So just because, say, for example, um, just because someone gets angry doesn't mean the thing has like is something that is eh, okay. Basically, the, the, um, I will regroup and say it this way. The reactions of people does not demonstrate that what you are doing is wrong or that it is out, outside of love. I say that because I think at times we, we think that other people's responses are a justification to, are an indication of what we have done. So we should understand that, as the word as the word says, that the the the, the word is um, as a two-edged sword. It separates even like bone and marrow, things that were uh, formerly so close and attached. It it separates and it, it demonstrates what is actually true. And sometimes when you are sharing the truth, the people don't the people that you're sharing with do not receive it or receive it with. Um, as, as an, receive it almost as an attack. It doesn't mean that you are attacking them. It doesn't mean that you're acting out of love. As long as, you know, as we have seen in um, Second Timothy here, that we are um, 
sharing in, in, in this line. So I would encourage you to share the word of God with those who don't believe, share the word of God with those who um, are demonstrating the elements of this prostitute here and share it as the word of God, not as our standing or as our thoughts, as our feelings. And that word will do the work. That word will, will shed the light, will demonstrate good, evil, and no gray area. And sometimes people's response to that is one of hurt or one like is, is contrary and might make you feel like you haven't acted in love. But as long as you act in accordance to the word you have, and that in itself is loving. Um, Lenkai, I saw that you had unmuted. So um, perhaps I will hand over to you if you had one final word. Um, and you can bring us to a close because I see we are over time. Thank you so much for those of us who have stayed on. As I mentioned, we will continue to build out on the rest of Revelation chapter 17 and um, wrap up in the next session as we move on also into Revelation chapter 18. If at any point during the week, any part of these scriptures stands out to you, please feel free to um, share in the um, Bible study WhatsApp group. And if you're not a part of that, please feel free to message <laughs> message myself or Lenkai because we're the only ones who have our names on right now. And we will be sure to um, have you added to that group. Lenkai, allow me to hand over to you as um, you share if you had any closing thoughts and you wind us up. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, guys, for for your attendance. Yeah, it, it really shows you after God's own heart. <laughs> you really want to know more about uh, His Word, the truth, and uh, specifically, you want to know more about Revelation. We are grateful that uh, you you've had the chance. We all have the chance. We we all had the chance to. To be part of this, so I won't say much because time is missing. But to say this as a final thing, let's involve the Spirit. May the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, may the Spirit guide us all truths. Because um, out there there are many doctrines, and uh, the reason why we may not um, be one-minded it's because of the spirit some uh, so let us involve the spirit and surely we will know the truth i will know the truth you will know the truth and we get to find out it is the same truth and also um i love to ask someone to pray basi. Uh, uh, we close the session, we end the session with a prayer, a thanksgiving prayer. Yeah. Anyone who love or want to, to pray, you can just go ahead and unmute and pray. Anyone? Okay. So, I'll go ahead and pray. Father Lord Almighty King of Kings, 
secret of heaven in that. Thank you so much for the session you've had. Lord, I pray that as we continue reading your word, just as you revealed to John, may you reveal to us. Just as John knew the truth back then, may we also know the truth today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. How I pray that, Lord, even as your word says, this calls for wisdom, you will fill our hearts with your wisdom, with your understanding, and with your knowledge, my King. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. How I pray that you continually fill us with your desires. May your desires be our desires, even as we delight in your presence, as we delight in your house, O oh, my King. This I do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, we've come to the end of it. And um, once more, thank you so much for coming. That is attending. Thank you so much for attending. 